what's up columbus welcome back to columbus cast i'm laura i'm julia and happy yeah. international podcast day oh yeah that's so exciting but when they hear this it'll be october so right it won't the be day we're, podcast day but the day we're recording is international podcast day which just seems fitting because this so is fitting. the because this is the best podcast in all of ohio in all of ohio in all of exactly ohio. Yep. manifesting it and so, uh, because we're talking about Ohio Columbus things, Julia, let us know, what did you do this weekend? Yeah, so some uh, quick weekend updates, not super exciting because of the fact that, like, you know, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, so mm-hmm. watching what I'm doing, but I did go to the new Brothers Drake, which is open in the old um, Scioto CrossFit or Grandview CrossFit, I don't know, it's off of third, and it's going to be super cool, like, there's nothing in there now besides like their mead tanks and everything, but learned so much about mead, talked to the, um, people in charge, like, like they were the brewmaster or mead master, like the owners. Oh. Um, and they were just super nice and like super down to earth. So cool. Mead is so good. And it is like a different, like buzz. Like it's a, it's different. I- I can attest to that. I'm drinking Brothers Drake Mead right now. So Yeah. So super cool. And then um, we bought a case of mead. So, you know, that's how much we liked it. And I'm so the- jealous. I called Julia this weekend and I was like, you bought a whole case of mead? So yes. I need to try and get in on that deal. But it was a, it was a great deal. So very excited for the upcoming fall season to drink some of that like apple pie mead and watch like mm. football and just – celebrate the holidays and look at leaves. And then other than that, I've just been look trying all, yeah, all the Oktoberfest beers is the other thing. I, not the Ohio, like not an Ohio thing, but my favorite Oktoberfest so far has been the Shiner Bach Oktoberfest. So those are, that's my beer review. Never heard of it, but sounds cool. You've never heard of Shiner Bach? Is it local? Uh, no, it's out of Texas, it's- but Oh, um, you're going to say Germany. <laughs> uh-uh. I had it for the first time in Chicago, and I drank quite a few of them because I was like, this is so good. And I thought it was like, because I'd never seen it on a menu anywhere. And then I like went to the grocery store, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're everywhere. How have I never tried this? I love <laughs> no, it. I would move to Texas just to like have easier access to Shiner Bach beer. Except we love Ohio. So on the- Okay, that too. <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to be like an a&m fan and that just wouldn't that wouldn't work um so this weekend i did some autumn themed things as well i um went to lint fruit farm which for those who don't know is like this little farm well not little actually it's a massive That's farm huge. stand yeah and they have like pick your own pumpkins and they had all their pumpkins out so you could just go pick one up um we actually did the corn maze. So this was the second year in a row we did the corn maze. And I think they did it pretty well. Like it was socially distant and they were only letting a few people in at a time. Masks were encouraged, but because it's like outside, technically they couldn't mandate that you wear one, but it felt super safe and it was really fun. Um, this year, every year they have a theme and this year the theme was Jurassic Park. So if you go and you do the corn maze at Lint Fruit Farm, you will be looking for Jade the dinosaur who is somewhere stuck in the maze very fun. I still need to go do my annual trip to Lynn's this year. Yeah. Like if you live in Columbus and you don't do an annual trip to Lynn's in the fall, in the fall, like 
You didn't even experience it. No, if like you didn't the go to activity. If you didn't go to Linz or Hocking Hills, you didn't exist. Yeah. You didn't have an adventure. <laughs> right. It's every like Instagram caption ever. Twenty minutes out of Columbus, but it's still the most the biggest adventure. It was actually kind of crowded, so I don't know, maybe go on an off day if you're not looking for crowds. Yeah. Um, do we want to get into uh, politics right off the bat? Let's just hit it hard and then do yeah. our light stuff at the end. No, totally. So I think this is a super important and relevant topic because early voting in Ohio starts a week from today. So early voting actually October 6th, it's a Tuesday, and this is in-person voting. So there's a few different options. You know, you can always vote on election day in person at your local polling station. You can vote by mail, which has been um, a hot topic in the media lately. So if you are going to request a mail-in ballot, make sure you do that soon because the deadline is coming up. Um, but if you want to vote early and in person, you can do so starting next week. So because of that, I figured this week we'll just give a quick rundown. I want to really make the connection between why voting is such a local thing. So that being said, uh, I want to talk about there's three ballot measures on the ballot. Now, I pulled my sample ballot, and I'm in District 3. I'm in, like, Short North Columbus. Everyone, you know, in Ohio will have a different ballot, but this, I hope, will be relevant to a lot of you. Um, Julia, are you in District 3? Do you know? I haven't checked. I'm going to out myself right now. I have been (laughs) so focused on the national stuff that I haven't been, like, into the local stuff enough, so I'm really excited to uh, listen to this part and, like, Take it all in. Yeah. No, I feel like I'm probably district three though, because I'm like Columbus City Schools. I think that you are. Then again, I will caveat this by saying that the electric the election districts are super wonky. Hashtag I was gonna say gentrification. That's not what it is. Gerrymandering. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's Um, like visible by the fact that my um apartment is like less than half a mile from Grandview Heights High School. And less than a mile from Upper Arlington, but goes all the way out to Whetstone in CSD. Yeah, I'm, I have no doubt. So um, so like, I just want to say this is for people who are in District 3. I'm not sure, you know, you'll have to go in um, and pull your ballot to see. So if you just go into Google, I just typed in sample ballot, typed in my address and it popped up. Um, I was using, um, what's the website called? It was a really good website. Ballotpedia. Ballotpedia. Yep. Ballotpedia is. I'm looking at mine right now. Yeah. So here we go. So the first issue you're going to see is actually issue 24. It's an alcohol, drug, and mental health tax renewal increase. Um, So the county authorizes. So when I say the county, just I'm referring to Franklin County for reference. Um, But the county authorized the tax in 2015 for five years at a rate of $220 per um, hundred thousand dollars of assessed property value. So this is going to be tacked onto those who own property. So like if you are a renter, you might not be impacted by this in your taxes, but you're still eligible to vote on it. Um, the, so the only thing needed to pass this ballot measure is a simple majority vote, either yes or no. So you'll have the option to vote yes. And if you vote yes, you're supporting authorizing the county to renew the, um, increase to a tax fund program for mental health, alcohol, and drug addiction. The new rate is $285 per $100,000 of assessed property. And if you vote no, you're authorizing the county 
um, sorry, you're oppressed, you're opposing the county to renew the tax increase. So it's just like a tax, a tax increase. And the reason why you should care is because this money will go towards helping support um, mental health, alcohol, and drug addiction in Franklin County, which is a thing that we struggle with. So I think it's an important um, issue to be aware of. Yeah, especially in a state like Ohio, which has some of the highest like opioid usage in right. the entire country, like we're really bad on it. So, yeah. you know, consider that. It's it's literally like what a sixty-five dollar tax increase per hundred thousand dollars of property value, and I'll just leave it there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying not to get too political in this. Um, so the second um, ballot measure you'll see is issue number one, which is electric service aggregation program measure. So this is super interesting. I believe this, I did a lot of research and I believe this will only impact those serviced by Columbus Utilities. So if, you're, if your electric service provider is already AEP, I don't think that this will impact you. I think it will mostly impact people who, like myself, my um, electric utility provider is the city of Columbus. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yep. So those that live like downtown. So this proposed plan is to help. I want to, I'm trying to keep it like as least complicated as possible. So an electric aggregation program just lets the, not the supplier, it lets the provider. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) It lets the provider choose who is supplying the energy. And so in this case, the city of Columbus has already said that they have chosen AEP as the provider, but with the intention of the supply coming from 100% renewable energy. So this ballot measure is actually enforced or um, in- endorsed rather by the Sierra Club, which lets you know that if you vote yes for it, you're voting yes to things that are environmental and that other environmental organizations are in support of. So that being said, a yes vote supports authorizing the city to establish an electrical aggregation program and would let them um, aggregate the retail electric load of customers within the city's boundaries. So in other words, you're letting the city pick who the provider is and they, they have already established they want to pick AEP so that they can have a more renewable um, energy source. Voting no, voting no obviously opposes that. I think it's important to note that this um, plan would be an opt-out plan. So there's two different types of plans, opt-in and opt-out. Opt-out just basically means if it was voted yes and the after the November election, it's voted, um, you know, in, into place, everyone who is who gets their energy supplied by City of Columbus will have that new program, but they have the option to opt-out. So it's like automatically you're signed up for it unless you want to opt out. Interesting. There's so many minute details and I'm really trying to keep it simple here, but I could really go on and on. (laughs) I mean, like, I feel like it's so easy because I just want to ask like all these like pressing questions, like, but I'm not going to because I I need to research those myself. I mean, if you want to ask me some questions, go for it. I have a lot of resources available. We can, how about this? I'll tell you the last, there's three big ballot um, measures. So the last one is issue two, which I think this is super important. So it would set up a civilian police review board and inspector general charter. Um, So essentially the board membership and funding operation 
would create the Civilian Police Review Board would consist of an odd number of members that would have to be representative of the diverse communities within the city of Columbus based on race, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, basically like a diverse panel. Um, and they would be given a distinct budget based off of the entire city of Columbus budget and it can't be cut unless the entire overall budget is decreased and the governor needs to give them notice before that happens. The That's powers, cool. yeah, the powers and duties of the board um, would give the civilian police review board the responsibility of receiving allegations of misconduct by Columbus police officers. They would, com they would complete investigations of any allegations and they would initiate an um, initiate investigations as well. They'd be able to request evidence relating to um, the investigation and the attendance of witnesses. You can read a lot more about this. I'm just trying to give the high level of what the board would do. So a yes vote against this issue would support the amendment city charter to create the police um, review board and a no would obviously oppose that. So you're saying no, I don't want there to be this police review board. And all it takes for this to pass is a simple majority vote. Neat. So how do the members get like selected? You know? <laughs> I'm like the one thing she's going to ask that I don't know. Let's see if it says in here. Um, I, I don't know. I'm sure it's available online. I didn't I'll Google it deep. afterwards. The, so believe it or not, the city of Columbus does have a lot of information out there. It's kind of confusing to decipher because it is kind of in like semi-legal jargon. But if you really want to know the answer to something, you can Google it. And if you can't find it online, call the city um, secretary and, like, ask them. And they should get back to you because, remember, the government works for us. We elect them. We pay them with our tax dollars. And we deserve to have the information that we need. So Some of us pay them with their tax dollars. <laughs> Others don't pay taxes. So those were, like, the three big things. I just want to, like, continue to reiterate that voting has more than um national elections on it yeah. this does impact you it impacts the community you live in if you've been moved by the black lives matter movement and you think that we live in an unjust society and you want you know more review of police then maybe you want to vote for the police review board or if you feel like the national government isn't doing enough to move us in a, the, the right direction of sustainability and sustainable resources for our power then maybe you want to vote yes for um, the aggregate issue so yeah. and I mean realistically too with like local like local elections is the stuff that you're voting for in local elections you're going to see sooner and feel much more impacted by right than the stuff you're voting on for national elections even though that's what's seems very very big because it is it's very big but I need to do my research on local elections, but I want to say one other thing. Because I'm glad we're doing this on the podcast. Live. I want to say one other thing though, because I feel like people are going to ask it and I just want to make sure that we're putting all the information out there. So, um, issue one, which, oh no. Yeah. Where did I put it? Issue one, which is the electrical service aggregation program. People might ask, oh, but won't it cost more? And I thought that was a really valid question and I wanted to understand it myself. Um, my dad, he doesn't live in Ohio, but he does work for a utility company and utilities like AEP, it's, um, it's like a government managed monopoly monopoly. So if you only have one service provider option, you know, the government oversees it. Um, but 
I was asking him like, oh, well, if we do this aggregate thing, won't my bill go up by a ton? And he said, at most, like top of the top, it would go up by 8%, 8 to 10%. And for example, my electric bill this past month was $22. So 10% is $2. Do I want to pay an extra $2 a month to have renewable energy? Yeah, that's worth it to me. If it's not worth it to you, you can vote no. But the whole point is you get to vote, you have a say. So yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay, so just really quick, I'm going to run through these. Um, Joyce Beatty is up for re-election in Congress District 3. So she's up against Mark Richardson. Um, and there are two nonpartisan people running or independent, Angela Davis and um, Nicholas Moss. And just some background, you'd recognize Joyce Beatty's name because she got maced in the face at a uh, Black, Lives, Black Matter. Lives Matter protest. Yeah. So if you're wondering like, huh, why do I recognize that name? Is it a good or a bad thing? That's what happens. So you can decide if it's a good or a bad thing. Yes. She is a uh, 70 plus year old Black woman. Um, she has been, you know, so it's really interesting when you start to do your research into incumbents versus newcomers. Um, I'm not going to touch on political parties. I want to try and keep this as unbiased as I can, even though I know I have my own biases. Um, and there's always good things. There's always pros and cons to incumbents versus um, like newcomers. And the majority of the time, the incumbent wins. That's because people recognize the name. That's because people think, okay, well, things are going okay right now. If you're really upset with your representation right now, if you don't feel like um, Congress is seeing you, then maybe you want to look into your alternative options. But again, that's up to you. You can go to the, you can, you have so many different choices of how to vote. You can vote whenever you want. So that one is up for election. There are two statewide offices, two Supreme Court seats up for election. So I thought this was pretty interesting because we know that on a federal level, the federal Supreme Court um, may Justice Ruth Gader Ginsburg Ruth Bader Ginsburg, rest in peace. She has worked hard to deserve her rest. So we will honor her and thank her for what she has done and all the doors she has opened for women in this country. Um, but we all know on a national level or on a federal level, the Supreme Court um, justices are ap appointed by the president and confirmed by Congress. So it's like a two-step thing. But on a statewide level, I didn't know this until just today, um, they're elected. A lot of them in most states uh let's see how many states 38 states the justices are elected so we have a say on who we want sitting on our ohio state supreme court bench and the other 12 states it's a gubernatorial appointment but there are two supreme court seats up for election um incumbent judy french is running against jennifer brunner and incumbent shannon kennedy is racing against john o'donnell so Neat. I need to look <laughs> I in. Know. I need to look into more of their. I just did a quick Google search now because, like I said, I'm going to out myself right now, and that I have not. Yeah, that's why we're doing this. Local elections, so no one needs to feel bad if you haven't yet, and this is your first time, like even thinking about it. Because I just Google now to find out if any of these judges were the judges that got arrested for drunk driving. Um, like back in 2019, there was a video, or the Judge Monica Hawkins got um arrested in Pickerington for drunk driving. It was bad. Like it was messy. And of course she got off like very, very easily. Like she had right. like vomit all over the steering wheel, oh, like my. blood on the forehead. Like 
messy. So I want to make sure none of those judges were those people for my right. for my own choices. If you want to vote her in to the Supreme Court, like that is your choice. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. judges do things that are unlawful and they still get the job. So sometimes we got to be the judge. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So one other thing I'll just add, if it's your first time voting or your first time voting in a while, or if you're the type of person who likes to vote party lines. So on the ticket, you'll see people's names. And then next to it, you'll see an R or a D or maybe an I or a G. It's Democrat, Republican, Independent, Green. Those are like the primary parties, although we all know Right now, we have a very um, polarized two-party system. Even though we have other parties, it's kind of like the, I don't know, the, the, yeah. pretend, the pretend parties, the invisible parties, because they're not very represented, which that's a whole other story for a different day. Um, so if you're looking for the letter next to these people's names, you won't find it because judges, they're not supposed to be partisan. I mean, <laughs> if you're running for judge, you're supposed to be very, like, non-judgmental and even and uphold the law um so you won't find if you know the these judges running are democrat or republican what you can look up if you're interested is their past case history so you can look at past cases that they've ruled on and see if they've ruled along the guidelines of your beliefs or if they've ruled against your beliefs you can see if they've ruled um against people who look like you or against people who have the same sexuality as you or the same religion as you or you can see if they voted with um and you probably want to pay attention to that just because you want people who will uphold the law as it benefits all humans essentially yeah that's how most people should look at a judge cool um i mean the, 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 the law really so well just upholding humans like upholding the law to support the government's job is to protect and serve serve. right so they're supposed to protect us and serve for us don't forget who's boss (laughs) we we i went on a whole rant about this of what the government's job is and who they're actually supposed to be serving um yesterday and i don't it's out of my system luckily for this podcast so i don't need to get back into it awesome okay so i'll move on then so this is For House of Representatives District 18, that is the Ohio State House of Representatives. So on a a state level, there's one seat up for re-election in my district. I don't know. In your district, there could be others because remember, it depends on where you live and how the the, um, voter lines are drawn. There's one seat up for re-election. It's incumbent Kristen Boggs versus Caleb Packard. And I've actually heard of Kristen Boggs before. I need to do a little bit more research to understand if she's someone that I want to keep there, if she's someone I want to vote out. Within um, Franklin County, these are, so Franklin County, I think it's like District 3. I'm not sure. Again, I don't know like the specifics of um, the voting districts, but on my ballot, here's what's up for re-election. Um, the Clerk of Courts, sounds fancy. I don't exactly know what the Clerk of Courts does. I believe they oversee uh, the, <laughs> the Ohio courts, like where the judges work. Um, he sounds like the judge's like secretary like this is my honestly that's what I feel like yeah my research you guys do your research um the Franklin County recorder is running unopposed the Frank (laughs) what is that he just sits there and he plays the recorder actually yeah this is what we were training for in third grade when everyone learned the plastic recorders (laughs) (laughs) it was to be a potential recorder in the government that is what your state taxes are paying for. 
Just to be clear, we are being sarcastic here. We take politics very seriously and we don't want to spread any misinformation. This is an actual elected official that we are voting for. Do the research later. The last thing we want to do is be like the spreader of fake news. Okay, so also running unopposed is the Franklin County Engineer, which I feel like is a really important position because when I don't, this is my best, we're going to go into like assumption podcast mode. <laughs> um, I feel like when new buildings are built or new roads are proposed, this person, the Franklin County Engineer who's running unopposed, kind of like oversees that. So you yeah. want them to like know how to do math, I guess. That f- feels fair. So don't write me in for Franklin County engineer. <laughs> no, thank you. I already have a job. Okay. Franklin County commissioner um, is running against someone else. Franklin County treasurer. You can, you have the choice of who to vote for there. Franklin County prosecutor, which is a big deal because this is the, um, the, like the litigator. So when you go to court, this is the person who on the other side of you. They're up for, re-ele- um, up for re-election. Franklin County coroner. I wasn't aware that coroner was an elected oh, position. Yeah. Me neither, but you'd be shocked. I don't know what, what they need to be elected for and why they just can't be a good, good judge of dead bodies on their own. Well, I think that they work f- like, if I had to guess when like the police go to a scene and they find, you know, a corpse than the the elected coroner. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, what do, what gives it the does... general public the the ability to guess the best coroner? There's certain things I'd be happy not voting for. I that think for me, if I had to make this, well, I do have to make this decision. I would want someone who has experience with the position and a um, degree. I think you know what? Actually, I take this back because of the fact that. We've seen a lot of people put in positions that don't have experience in them at all. So right. I just want to make I will sure take they're it like back that qualified I do. to do the job we're electing them to do. Because yeah, exactly. So you know, settle down there. Um, Franklin County Sheriff is also going to be on the ballot, but they are running unopposed. So kind of interesting. You don't have to fill out all the quote unquote questions or all of the. Um, you don't have to fill in all the circles on yeah, the Yeah, it's not the SAT. It's not. You don't get, like, points deducted. If you want to go in and only vote for the presidential candidates and then leave the rest of your ballot blank, that's on you. You can do that. If you don't want to vote in the presidential election but you care about the local stuff, you can go in and do that. So, like, the Franklin County Sheriff is running unopposed. They're just going to tally up the votes. But if you don't want to vote, you just leave that one blank. Your prerogative. Yep. Um, the Court of Appeals, there's two judge seats up for – election or on the ballot um the court of common pleas there are eight seats of judges that are on the ballot so wow work to do i'm gonna have have to check and see if my my your your lady is on there she's on there if she is i'm gonna hard no on that okay let me know and then last but not least board of education for district six is on my ballot yeah i i'm also in district three i just googled it while i was podcasting so anyway do your research that's like the moral of the story if you have any questions or want to talk through anything with a um random stranger on the internet or if you're listening to this and you know us would love to have open discussions about this and about you know politics in general the only thing i'll 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 close on this is that 
there have been like so many social media posts and even like social media apps, like, are you registered to vote? And they think like, that's, that's it. Once you're registered to vote, you're done. But honestly, like voting can be complicated and confusing. And so we're just here trying to break it down for you. Yeah. And it's still, I will say it's still confusing to me. Like I have gotten to, I've already registered to vote absentee. I have like mailed in my ballot. I have gotten like confirmation from the internet where you can like check to see what your status is that my ballot should be coming anytime now. I've gotten two mailers saying uh, register to vote absentee from one of those like third party companies. It's just like sending things out to people. Yeah. So you're like, I already did. Yeah. Check your status. Like try, try not to get too overwhelmed. I got really overwhelmed about it like this weekend um, and if you're feeling overwhelmed, like just reach out to somebody, like yeah. don't feel stupid. Have a, have a voting buddy, like have someone that you can like ask trust. questions or right. yeah. And like, you know, talk to each other about it. Yeah. Cause it's, it's complicated. It doesn't need to be this complicated, but it is. Anyway, Word. we will move into not politics. Yay. I'm so yeah. happy. Back to normal Columbus cast. Back to yeah. Columbus stuff. Yes, exactly. So we'll just get in right into food news, which I only have like one thing for food news. Um, oh, and I was going to Google how to say this before we started. I can help you. How, what, how's it pronounced again? Satan. Satan. Okay. It is not pronounced Satan. Satan. No. Satan's yeah. <laughs> realm is going to be a permanent location in Clintonville. That's so cool. It's just so easier to say Satan. I'm sorry. You can call it Satan's realm. I think that's like the pun here. Yeah, exactly. Satan's realm. That's definitely the point. But anyway, they're opening a um, restaurant, a brick and mortar shop in the former location of a common table in Clintonville. So great spot for it. They're going to have a bunch of dishes. Um, They're now going to be serving breakfast and soups and salads and desserts. Whereas like if you've ever been to their food truck, it's a lot more sandwichy. Um. Are, can I ask, food. are they a vegan only or do they have real meat too? They're vegan only. That's what I thought because see, satan is like a vegan protein. It's made out of like grains and mm-hmm. things. That's it's, super cool. It's not soy though. It's like. No, it's not. It's Yeah, exactly. It's something else. I've been. It's like a legume, I think. Multiple times and I always forget, but they look really, really good. They have one that's like beef and cheddar, but like it's spelled funny because you know, it's like not beef or cheddar. Um, but it looks really good. And then also the cool part is they're going to have a deli component in it. Mm -hmm. So, um, because they obviously have their like beef that is, I did air quotes. I've, this isn't (laughs) beef, um, in air quotes is made out of satan. Yeah. Made out of that stuff. And, um, it looks really cool. And if you go to the grocery store and just get Satan, cause I've bought it before. Don't know how to pronounce it. It's good. Um, it does not look like that. So if you're like one of those people that's like, I want to eat more plant-based, but I need to be tricked into thinking I'm eating meat. Uh-huh. Good spot for you. There's also another vegan deli that is opening up in the old home of Dada and Panada on, um, right by the Kroger on chambers. So cool. I don't have that in the podcast, but I sent that to my vegan friend earlier this week. So I am so proud. I'll just say like two things. One, it's awesome to always have more vegan options. I'm not even vegan. And I think that like, I feel like there's a growing population of vegan eaters and there are so many reasons why people eat vegan or choose to eat vegan. Um, And two, it's awesome to see businesses thriving and having the ability to open up an in-person location 
during this unprecedented economic time. Yeah. Also, it's just cool too, because like I think any diet can agree that eating more plant, eating more vegetables and plants is a good thing. Like I, I guess it's apart from like the carniv- carnivore diet, every other diet agrees that like vegetables are the main, like that is the best thing for you. So, you know, another plant plate, like trick me into eating, eating beef and cheddar, even though it's made out of plants, like, okay, like, why are we so against that? I don't know. I'm sure it's delicious. Yeah, it it looked really good. I'm sad I didn't try it that one time, but I had just come from eating pizza. <laughs> so. There's always a chance to redeem yourself. There's always <laughs> next time. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, should we get into our favorite segment? Oh my gosh, I missed construction. We have not. No, been- okay, wait. Let me rephrase that. I don't miss like <laughs> I don't miss like actual construction. It's very annoying. But I miss yeah. Our- I was about to say you live in the heart of construction. I know. I don't live in short north. I live in construction. North. Long long construction, not short north. Um, I miss our construction updates. Yeah. So now I have a couple. Um, I'll keep them really quick because we spent a bulk of this podcast talking about politics, but Worthington mall is getting bigger. Um, so if you've ever been to Worthington along high street, where that like mixing bowl area of 270, 315 high street is Mm -hmm. there's like a Kroger and it looks like just a Kroger, but there's like a whole mall kind of thing back there. Yeah. There's like a proposed, um, building that's going to be 250,000 square feet and likely going to be offices. Um, this is still being voted on. So like it's not in place yet. Um, but basically they're planning on building a eight to 10 story tall, like office building with like outdoor plazas and some new streets and stuff. And then, um, a 120 room hotel and a hundred unit apartment building, which as someone who spends a decent amount of time in that area, because like, uh, one going to work out in Polaris and then also coaching for Mm -hmm. like Worthington, there's already a, like, I'm a curse. There's a lot of hotels there and there's a heck a lot of uh, apartment buildings there. So I can't imagine them needing any more, but you know, it's, they said it's based on market demand, but the interesting thing about this article from Columbus Underground is it talked about, you know, the need for offices in the future since we've all been working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also it talked about how potentially they might make some of them like a warehouse type facility because Amazon is creeping into neighborhoods because now instead of these um, huge fulfillment centers because of the like quick turnaround and also them delivering a lot of fresh stuff, a lot of more local stuff, just, you know, Amazon's taking over everything. Right. Um, there, you were going to see a lot of like micro fulfillment centers being run out of like shopping centers, such as like the Worthington mall, where it has access to that Kroger to, there's like a couple shops in there. There's a couple other different like food things. If you're doing like, um, Amazon food delivery, like that is super really interesting spot for that. So that was like, that, I should have led with that. But anyway. No, but that's super interesting that the developer, I was just looking at an article from Columbus Dispatch and it looks like there's like a Dallas investment company that bought it back into like in January. So I yeah. wonder if they're the ones still behind this, but that's super innovative on the uh, innovative um, on their part. And I wonder, 
I mean, it kind of feels like a gamble to be making investment choices based on the events right now, just because the whole world seems like it's up in the air. Um, But I will watch this one closely because it's super interesting and I want to Yeah, I think the micro fulfillment centers is a super interesting concept and it like makes perfect sense, especially as Amazon's like touching everything. Part of me hates it, but the other part of me is like, this makes so much sense. I listened to a podcast um, recently and it wasn't a political podcast. It was um, like just a lifestyle, like dating podcast done by like two girls in their twenties where they actually interviewed Elizabeth Warren. It was a girl's got to eat episode. Very, very good. But she talked about how Amazon has the hold on tech companies as well as products. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm not talking about like we can't have Amazon existing. She's like, Amazon is great because people are getting their stuff in two days. Shipping's awesome. Like costs are low, but we can't have them owning the tech piece and the product piece because as soon as they note something's like becoming to get profitable, they'll kick kind of the small business to like the third page of the search because they control the algorithm. Anyway, very interesting. Highly recommend it. Um, Not the point of the podcast to get back into politics, but- Right. We did anyway. Yeah, Amazon is is very big. Anyway, going on to a more construction stuff, apartments. There's apartments going up in Italian Village. It's going to be a 315-unit building. Is this the one that's right across from Zaftig that I was talking no, about? No, this day? is the one on Grant. Okay. It's like back where all the other apartments in Italian Village are. Uh, and like in that, like just it's all apartments, but these yeah. ones at least are going to have um, some townhomes in them that are going to be four stories. So that's cool. I wish Ohio or Columbus in general would be building more like the townhome style because realistically, like there's room for it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I feel like most people desire that townhome, like it is style nice living. Yeah. It's super nice. And at the end of the day, it's like you're living in Ohio, like living in an apartment in Ohio does not feel the same as living in an apartment in like New York York or something, Chicago, DC, like any of those big like areas because yeah, especially because you can rent a townhouse with a yard two miles away. So it's like, right. I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say, especially because we have like such a low cap, like level wise, like the, like the max I've seen is like what, six stories. Yeah, exactly. And then also, um, I feel like that's part of the appeal of an apartment is like, it's not like everything is in one area and everyone's trying to like live in one area. Things are super spread out. Like you see a lot of young people now moving from OSU to Dublin because, you know, they work out in that area. They work out in Marysville and like, that's where things are. And that's where it's super affordable to live. And it's a good in between. So anyway, that's my piece on apartments. That one dispatch article you sent me, Laura, about like luxury. There apartments. was one. I forget who wrote it. There's some it guy. Fun. I thought it was so funny. Pick. He wrote Don't an article, though. It wasn't even about any specific building. This guy was just basically going on about how all apartment buildings look the same, and they have to have some weird, funky catch, like you know, unconventional, uncommon, uncommon ground. Yeah. Which is like, we were making fun of Gravity when it first opened. I actually have a friend that lives in Gravity and it's pretty cool, but. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, it's the same thing. It's, everything's just kind of the same. It, yeah. Whatever. It is what it is. That's what, pe- that's what the people want. Moving on to more apartments. Um, and both of these 
all of the things I'm talking about are just like proposed things that are going to vote. They're right. not like they're not under like construction. Um, but there's a new proposal, shocking, for a six-story apartment building in the university district. And this one breaks my heart because it's um, proposed to demolish two structures and a hundred-year-old three-story brick building that currently holds BB Bop. I hate BB Bop. That's not the thing. But it holds Bullwinkle's nightclub. <laughs> and if you've ever been to Bulls, you know it's the trashiest establishment ever. I feel like ever. I've been to Bulls, but I don't remember it. Does that sound right? That sounds right. Okay. Um, but I don't think Bulls is open right now. But the, the tragic thing is, is that's where I met my boyfriend four years ago. And they're just going to tear it down. And that's why you should always meet your significant others online. So they can't take these things away. The amount of people I know that have met their like significant others, like during Ohio State, like going to college at bars and they're now all gone is insane. My manager at my internship met her um, husband at twos and like she's older, obviously, because she was like my manager five mm -hmm. years ago. So it's like crazy to think those places like won't exist. And it's the middle of pandemic, so how would I even be able to say goodbye to Bullwinkles? Because guess what? A nightclub isn't really on the slate to be open right now. So I just want to go back to this article really quick. It's by it's in the Columbus Dispatch by Theodore Decker. Oh, this is the apartment this one? This is the article. Yeah, it's called Theodore Decker, Welcome to Columbus, where all our new apartments look the same. And he made the same point that you're literally making right now, where like in Columbus, we love to tear down all the old buildings. Um, and maybe it was re in response to the one you're talking about right now, because in this article, he, he says, and I quote, I see you're proposing a six-story building on North High Street that would require you to level out two existing buildings, one of which was built 100 years ago. Of oh, course, yeah. That's, that's totally no problem. Not here. Why would it be? Columbus has a long history of bulldozing its past. You might not know, but we obliterated the Union Station train depot in 1976 saving only one arch from the building and plopping it down in a number of spots throughout the years without any context, mostly recently in the arena district. So oh my gosh, I never knew where that came <laughs> So I guess like if you uh, want to laugh, then you can go read his article because it's everything Julia and I have talked about over the past year, which is yeah. luxury apartments in Columbus. <laughs> But anyway, I'm. You should have him on the I'm, podcast. I am starting the campaign to save bulls now. Put I it think, on the ballot. I was gonna say, I think save you should put it on the ballot. <laughs> yeah. Save bullwinkles if you're an Ohio State uh, alum or current student. You know. Well, what hey, I, mean. I think that if you are serious about this, you should write to the board that's making the decision on whether they should approve the plans or not, and say, "I met my boyfriend." At Bullwinkles. At Bullwinkles. And that's why you can't tear it down. <laughs> they would be like, ooh, that's not good. They're anyway. Like, we want to cherish and save your love forever. <laughs> anyway, moving on to sports. Um, Indians Go and Reds sports. are both in the postseasons for the baseball. Yeah. And the Reds played earlier today. We thought they played like right now, but no, they played earlier today. They lost in 13 innings and the Indians also lost last night. Um, the Indians were playing pretty, against, pretty bad. No, the Reds were playing. The yeah. The, the Yankees. Yeah. Indians played against the Yankees last night. They lost pretty poorly, but pitched against uh, the Yankees pitcher was Garrett Cole, who was a former Pittsburgh pirate, which is the only NL central team to not make it to the postseasons. It's fine. I'm bandwagoning 
the um, Reds this year. Good for you. I'm I'm not doing baseball this year. But in other sports news, go crew! Woohoo! I'm like so on this crew train. Crew train. Um, I don't even know. They lost to Toronto last week, but their next game is on Wednesday, October 7th against Montreal Impact. So it's kind of funny. They're playing like Canada back to back. Um, but did you know that you can go watch a game in person now? Oh, I did not. They have like, but I'm not doing, shocked. They're doing like 10% capacity, if that, and uh, season ticket holders are getting first dibs. They're getting like a special invite pretty much. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if you already paid for season tickets, that kind of sucks. So um, it's, like, socially distanced and you wear a mask and all of that, yada, yada. We all know the drill by now. But I was just, like, kind of confused because I was watching the last game and I saw people sitting in the stands. And I was like, I don't understand. And then I looked it up and I was like, ah, yes, I get it. The 10% people rule. Yeah. It's very weird because that um, that 10% rule got, like, pushed in place, but it's only for professional sports, not for college. So sorry, Buckeye fans, there will be um, no viewing of games probably until they like decide at the last minute that they want the money and then there might be, but only if you're willing to um, give up your firstborn and name your dog after Which of course Julia is. Anyway, um, I was talking to Nathan last weekend and I was like, hey, is there a game on like a football game? And he was like, no, Ohio wants to play in the crappy weather (laughs) because he's like, we're not starting until later in the year. Yeah, but at least we're not starting as late as like the Pac-12. But anyway, Whatever. I can't wait to cover football soon. Yes, I'm. I will sit here nicely and smile while you talk all about it. Yeah, go Bucks. Um, we'll get into events and we'll wrap this this puppy up. Um, I only had two events. Um, hop from home. The virtual ga- gallery hop is this weekend. Um, at one p.m. W- at 1 p well it just starts on instagram at like 1 p.m so i if, should try that this weekend i've never done one and i don't know like they're so be. fun um i love gallery hop and i mean the virtual gallery hop oh I, the virtual gallery hop i think they're still kind of figuring it out to be well, honest i want to try it i want to i want to give it a go yeah try it out and then also um the stonewall columbus pride parade is this weekend and um you can watch it online or you can go in person, I think, and space yourself out. I don't know exactly what their protocol is going to be, but that is at 1130 AM because as we know, like pride got postponed or not postponed because like still celebrated pride in June. And like, we should always be celebrating pride because people matter anyway. Um, (laughs) I love this episode. Um, I'm still waiting for this October 10th, um, black art in the park thing in Goodell park. That's not excited about that. That's next weekend. I'm going to go. Yeah. I have it on my calendar because I heard about it on a cool podcast. Actually the coolest podcast in all in Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. So I think we should leave it there. Exactly. Tell your friends that this is the coolest podcast and it was a little political this week and a little dry, but you know, we got to care about that's things, how we so. like our wine a little bit political a little bit dry exactly <laughs> exactly so on that note columbus have a good one we'll catch you next time bye bye